is a Wisconsin Sports Zone update. Well, the injury news for the Packers continues to trend in a positive direction. Aaron Jones is on the field again today for practice after missing the team's last game against Las Vegas. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury much of the year. The team also got linebacker Quay Walker back in the fold. He went out of the Las Vegas game with a knee injury. The only guy not practicing today, linebacker Devondre Campbell. He's missed the last three games with an ankle injury. Packers going to head to Denver on Sunday to face the Broncos. Turning to the Badgers, they're also on the road this week as they head to face former Wisconsin coach Brett Bielma in Illinois. They will do so with backup quarterback Braden Locke leading the offense in the wake of starter Tanner Mordecai's injury. Though Mordecai will be forced to watch from the sideline, Locke says he will still feel his presence. He's right there every step of the way. Um, extremely helpful in my development. And, you know, Tanner and I have become, you know, pretty close friends through this deal. And so even before the injury, you know, me and him would talk and bounce ideas off of each other. And he'd let me know what he sees. I'd let him know what I see. And, and so, you know, nothing's really changing with that dynamic there. It's just kind of on the flip side now. Badgers in the line. I get a kick at 2.30 on Saturday. Wisconsin currently favored in that game by two and a half. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Well, the Bucks requested waivers on three players today. Among them was undrafted free agent Drew Timmy. Leaves the roster at 18 players. Milwaukee, just one exhibition game left. Friday night against Memphis at Pfizer Forum. They're going to turn their attention to the season opener, which is next Thursday against Philadelphia. With this Wisconsin Sports Zone Network update, I'm Zach Heil Print. A competitive spirit and just really dial in and truly taking it one day at a time and focus on what lies ahead, and that is improving. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Packers to play a game. I, I, I think we need. I think we need our Packers back, even if they're going to lose, like they have the last two games against the Lions, and then this last Monday night against the Las Vegas Raiders. Like I just think we need games. I, I saw a tweet earlier today from friend of show, our friend Peter Bukowski. I thought he made a very good point when replying to someone else's tweet. I don't know why the music just stopped. Sorry about that. That's fine. I saw a good tweet today from Peter Bukowski in response to Zach Cruz about the way that Packers fans feel about this team uh, and the way this season is gone. Zach tweeted, curious of what the average fan thinks, but playing two really poor games during a really weird part of the schedule kind of sucked the life out of this Packers season. No, my sense of excitement is way down overall. And the response from Peter Bukowski is, I think if the Lions game had been week two, the Saints game was week three, and the Falcons and Raiders were weeks four and five, it would feel different. More like the vicissitudes, ooh, nice Pete, of a young team. Whereas starting two and one when it really felt like they should be three and oh, changed expectations. Correct. The season 
is only five games in, and we've had a ton of time to sit back and contemplate the last three weeks because the Packers haven't been playing on Sunday. They've had a bye and a mini-bye the Thursday night followed by the Monday night. We've had way too much time to stew on a team that we shouldn't be stewing on this team. We should not be stewing. We should not be reviewing. We should not be evaluating. We should not be doing any of these things, but the schedule has forced us to do that. Uh, and I think we're just going a little nuts for that reason. And we need a game. We need Sunday. Bad. We need this Broncos game. Bad. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an awesome day. I'm looking forward to tonight's show. I want to talk a little bit about the NLCS and uh, and the ALCS as well. I want to talk about baseball because I am really enjoying this postseason. I want to talk a lot about the Packers as well. We might even dabble in a little Badgers basketball tonight because there's a couple things that I want to say. The season starts two weeks from tonight against Stevens Point. I always love that game that they play against a Wyack opponent. I think it's really cool uh, that Wisconsin does it. I hope they do it forever. They rotate through and play Stout or UWL or Stevens Point. I think it's cool. We're two weeks away from that game being played at the Kohl Center against Kent Dernbach and his UW Stevens Point pointers. Uh, Kent Dernbach was the coach at UWL. Uh, and I would hold it against him, ditching UWL, but Stevens Point was his, his first school that he was a part of. It's closer to his family, so I'll, I'll give him a pass. Uh, we're not going to talk about Stevens Point, but I do have a couple things that I want to say about Badgers basketball. We're coming up on that season. Maybe talk a little Bucks as well. In the 5 o'clock hour at 5.30, we're going to talk with Chris Thomason, who covers the Broncos for the Denver Gazette. You might recognize that name. Covered the Vikings for a long time for the Pioneer Press. So he's covered teams, I guess not locally, but at least in the Midwest. Now he's out in Denver. So we're going to talk to Chris, get a little bit of an eye on the enemy at 5.30. Classic sports radio interview always. And I honestly want perspective on the Broncos from a Broncos person because I think it is truly hard to grasp how dire that situation is and and how down bad the Broncos are and, and how down bad the fans are without actually talking to someone who's there. So we're going to talk to Chris Thomason in the 5 o'clock hour, about an hour and a half from now. Bill Michaels' huddle fires up at 6 o'clock. Should be an awesome next couple of hours of sports talk. I'm going to open up the phones here in about 15 minutes, 608-321-1670, if you'd like to join the show tonight. And I'm on Twitter. You can always reach out, uh, drop me a tweet, or send me a DM, at Wisco Grant. Speaking of Bill Michaels, on the Bill Michaels show earlier today, we got talking about baseball for like 10 or 15 minutes. I was having a ball, and I kept just mentioning thing after thing after thing to Bill because I wanted to keep going. Like, Yeah, we could talk about Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love, and you know we can have those conversations six ways till Sunday, and we will have them six ways until Sunday because that's the next time the Packers play, but I was just digging the baseball talk. I love talking baseball. You all know this, but mostly I like talking Brewers, like degenerate-type stuff, like a, like a bullpen trust tree in July. Like, it's July 15th, and we're debating. So is it Williams, Piomps, Uribe? Or, or is it Williams, Uribe, Piomps? Has, has Uribe surpassed? I mean, just gross, degenerate talking points about the Brewers. That's normally what I love. And it's not often that I come on air and we go over the league-wide power rankings or talk about what's going on in the AL East or the NL West. Like, occasionally we might talk about the Cubs. There's a lot of Cubs fans around here. That's a rivalry in the Brewers and the Cubs play a good amount maybe talk about the Cardinals what's going on with them or you know if Josh Hader does something in San Diego I always love an opportunity to to bring Josh Hader back into the discourse whenever we're talking baseball on the Wisco Sports Show normally I don't talk national baseball talking points normally baseball talk on the Wisco Sports Show is very regional this year was a little bit different 
And it's culminating now in the playoffs. And you might feel the same way or you might feel differently. But normally the Major League Baseball playoffs are a little hit or miss for me. Nice. Hit or miss. See what I did there? Normally it's pretty hit or miss. Like, ah, if I get home and I have nothing going on, it's the Dodgers and the Braves are playing. I'll have it on in the background. or You know, maybe I'll check in on the score. This year, I can't miss a Phillies game. I can't miss watching the Rangers. They've been really fun. The Astros and the Twins, that series was really fun. Major League Baseball in 2023 ruled. Baseball was awesome this year. And I know we still have the championship series and the World Series, but, you know, we have enough of a... We have enough of a sample size. This season's only been going on for six or seven months. I think I can draw some conclusions about this season so far. No? I think that's fair. This season was awesome. And I think a few factors played into this season. We had new rules, Dua Lipa, this year. Faster pace, less procedure. Like, you ever have a work meeting where it feels a little too procedural? You get out of a meeting or you ever go to like a city council meeting is a great example where like someone needs to read the minutes from last week's meeting and then we need to take attendance. And it's like, hey, I get that all this procedure this is the way we've done it forever, but we could wrap this up in like 20 minutes if we just cut to the chase. Baseball cut to the chase this year. And I thought I was going to hate it. But by the end of the season, I wasn't even thinking about it. I wasn't even thinking about the pace play. Got rid of the shift, which I thought was going to make a world of difference. I never even thought about it. It didn't feel like it made a big difference. If it made a difference, it was marginal, and it wasn't obvious to the eye every night when we watched games. Because of the new rules in general, big picture, it felt a little less arduous to watch a game. Like, if I was watching a Brewer game, it felt like less of a commitment It felt a little bit less like pouring concrete in the hot sun. It was easier. And I think that helped a lot this year. I think the fact that they balanced out the schedule helped a lot. That's certainly another factor. Think of the series this year that the Brewers played against the A's. How much time do we spend talking about that series? How much did that mean to to that month or so, that window of the season? meant a lot. We wouldn't have gotten that with the way the schedule used to be. Or, Or think of the way the Brewers really got hot and started playing well after the Dodgers and against the Texas Rangers. That's a series that wouldn't have happened the way the schedule used to be. Two massive storylines, two very important characters to the script of the 2023 Brewers season, the A's and the Rangers. Because of the balanced schedule, they got to be a part of the script. Shohei Otani came to Milwaukee because of the balanced schedule. I think the balanced schedule provided us as Brewer fans some fun twists and turns in the season that we wouldn't have otherwise had. I think new teams being relevant and being competitive in 2023, I think that made a big difference this year. Like the Diamondbacks and the Reds. The Reds didn't make the playoffs, but the Reds were electric uh, electric this year and gave us a lot to, to be entertained by. Right, The Orioles and the Mariners, smaller market teams, teams that don't consistently contend, they're in the mix. That's fun, and it was also fun to see the Mets stink. And it was interesting, at the very least, to see the Padres stink. I, I watched that uh, interview with Bob Melvin at the end of the year when he was asked about Josh Hader p- not pitching in the eighth or not wanting to pitch in the eighth, and I, I kind of felt for him. I think the Padres and Padres fans deserved a little bit better than they got, but it's interesting, at the very least, to talk about why the Padres aren't winning at the level that they expected. And then, of course, the Cardinals were terrible this year. And I don't know about you, but I read Katie Wu on The Athletic, and I read stories about what's going on with the Mosellacs. And I, like, I was interested and intrigued at what was going on in St. Louis, in New York, 
and in San Diego with some of these teams that were underperforming. I just had so many reasons to be interested in so many teams this year. What an awesome year for baseball. What an awesome year for baseball. I'm hoping for a World Series between the Phillies and the Rangers. We'll see. I mean, Astros, Diamondbacks would still be entertaining. I don't think there's a bad result yet for for Major League Baseball on the table, but I think the star power of of the Phillies, the dominance of the Rangers, the crowd uh, at the bank, I I think it would all be great. So I'm hoping for a Phillies-Rangers World Series should be an awesome end to what has been an awesome season. Should be an interesting offseason as well. What's going on with Shohei Otani? Of course, Craig Council. Uh, what's he going to do? We're all waiting with bated breath. What's David Stern's going to do with the Mets? The trajectory of Baltimore and Cincinnati and Arizona as they take their next steps. I want to see these teams go for it. I, if I'm Baltimore, I'm calling the Brewers about Corbin Burns. They got money to burn. A young roster. I'm calling about Burns. I'm calling about players like that. It'll be fun to see if teams that were close this year, like the Orioles, the Mariners, the Reds, if they pony up and they bring in some studs and they really try to go for it in the years to come. It'll be interesting to watch for sure. So big endorsement, 10 out of 10 gold star for baseball. I've really enjoyed the season up until this point uh, and looking forward to, to how the World Series goes. Let's talk about football for a couple minutes before we take a break. Yesterday, I started the show by talking about the Cowboys and the Chargers because that was the Monday night game, right? Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert talked a little bit about both of those guys. And I said yesterday, and I'll try to simplify and, and abbreviate, I said that Dak gets ripped too much. Because he plays for the Cowboys and because he got paid. Well, it's not his fault he plays for Dallas. It's not his fault that Jerry Jones annoys people. Dak Prescott didn't get to pick where he played. And he also didn't give himself that massive contract. And let's not act like Dak Prescott is the only flawed quarterback to have ever gotten that deal. Jared Goff got that deal. Kyler Murray got that deal. Kirk Cousins got that deal. Daniel Jones got that deal. Don't nitpick Dak Prescott just because of the helmet that he wears and because of the money that he got. Okay, I feel like he takes a lot of heat. Herbert, on the other hand, he takes a lot of heat too. He's a fascinating player. He was awesome in year one in a way that a lot of folks didn't expect him to be. And he's kind of the same guy in year four. Haven't seen a ton of progression. My favorite comp for these types of situations is Brad Davison. Because when Brad Davison came in as a freshman, he had a jacked up shoulder, and they played Michigan State in the tournament. And I remember, I, I was... I was in lacrosse. I was at a buddy's house. It was Friday morning. My buddy had gone out the night before, got way too drunk. He got some He got some tickets. He had a rough night. He was feeling down, and I remember sitting in his living room. He was miserable. I was indifferent because I was very responsible in college, unlike some of my friends. I remember sitting in the second story of his home. We were watching this game, and I'm like, man, Brad Davison is going to be an awesome Badger. And he was, but he never really got any better. He kind of stayed that guy. Bill Iverson, Charlie Thomas, two other players like this. I remember they were playing behind Nigel Hayes, Bronson Koenig, and kind of that that generation of players. And I thought, man, these guys got next. Let's see how good Khalil Iverson can be and Charlie Thomas. Let's see how far these guys go. And they never got any better. And Justin Herbert's kind of fitting that same bill, waiting to see progression. I also don't love his coach. I don't love the franchise that he plays for, you know, yada, yada, whatever. Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert. I think I'm just in the mood recently to defend most quarterbacks. And this is where we can zoom out. We can bring Jordan Love into this conversation. We can talk about other teams. I don't want to spend an entire week breaking down Monday night football between Herbert and the Chargers and Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, although that was certainly one of the more intriguing and maybe one of the more meaningful games of week six, especially given the Packers didn't play. 
I think I'm in the mood recently to just defend most quarterbacks, not just Dak Prescott, not just Justin Herbert. But Patrick Mahomes is perfect, right? Patrick Mahomes can do more with less. He can throw on the run. He can play a low, slow, boring version of football. We saw them grind the clock out and run the clock down against the Jets. We saw him throw underneath when Vic Fangio-style defenses really started trying to put the screws to him and, and, and take away the big play. Mahomes is perfect. And there would not be a single team in the league that would hesitate at giving him big money, right? Behind him, I don't know. Like, Nick Wright on First Things First, he's on Fox. He does Mahomes Mountain every week, which I think is a brilliant segment. I wish I would have thought of it. He ranks quarterbacks underneath Patrick Mahomes. And in this week's Mahomes Mountain, the five quarterbacks right underneath Mahomes in order go Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, Caleb Williams, (laughs) And Lamar Jackson. We're saying those are two, three, four, five, six. No, I'm not saying those guys are bad. They're not bad quarterbacks. They're all fine. But I think that's the point. We have Patrick Mahomes in the league. And then we have a bunch of guys who are fine to very good. Right? Josh Allen is a roller coaster. Jalen Hurts is regressed. Dak Prescott can be a limited passer. Right? Lamar is a limited passer. Struggled to stay healthy. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in his first ever playoff game last year. Tua might not be able to stay healthy. Jared Goff is Jared Goff. So when we rip Dak Prescott or when we rip Justin Herbert, and these guys aren't doing enough, and Justin Herbert's got a 500 career record, and Dak Prescott throws interceptions. Okay, look at their peers. Look at their peers relative to Patrick Mahomes. It's everyone fighting for dominance in that next tier. It's not like there's Mahomes and then Like, there's two or three other elite guys. No. Joe Burrow's been banged up this year, so we'll see how his season turns out. But it's been a lot of guys who've been meh. And I think we pick on Dak Prescott for being meh when there's a lot of quarterbacks that are meh. Does that make sense? I want to factor in Jordan Love to this conversation, too. I think offensive coordinators, for some of the same things and some of the reasons we just talked about, I think offensive coordinators are playing a bigger role in the NFL than ever before. It's true of the Packers. It's true of some of their NFC, even their division rival. So I want to talk about the importance of offensive coordinators as they are related to and as they coach the current state of quarterbacks we have in the NFL. Does that make sense? I, I think the current state of the quarterback position in the NFL necessitates that offensive coordinators do their job and do their job well. I don't think offensive coordinator has ever been this important. We can talk more about that. Coming up next, it's the Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Talking green and gold. The Huddle with Bill Michaels. Wednesday nights from 6 to 8. 96.7 FM, 1670 AM. The Zone. Rosen Ford Belleville has incredible deals on new vehicles. You'll save a fistful of dollars with 2.9% financing for 66 months on a 23 Escape plus $1,000 customer cash or up to $3,000 off MSRP on a 23 F250 Super Duty. We have over 10 available. Come see us at RosenFord.com. Rosen, Rosen, Rosen. 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 Approved credit. $1641 for $1,000 borrowed on Escape. MSRP may not represent actual sales price. Offerance 103. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank-you note. 
Swipe right and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design, create, actuate. To some, this might sound like a typical family dog. But at Dog Chow, we know that for a veteran suffering from PTSD, this could be the sound of life-saving therapy. Thanks, Betty. That's why we've made it our mission to connect every military hero in need with a canine hero of their own. To learn about the simple ways you can help Dog Chow in our mission, visit dogchow.com slash veterans. Sponsored by Purina. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. For being 2-0, the Philadelphia Eagles are not exactly looking like the world beaters that we all expect them to be. And I'm not exactly sure what that says about the 0-2 Vikings. Actually, I know exactly what it says. It's not good. Just don't blame Kirk Cousins for this one. How in the world do you throw for 364 yards and four touchdowns and no picks against a Philly defense in Philly and lose? Easy. You turn it over four times. 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. Sports Show, talking to Chris Thomason, who covered the Vikings, the Pioneer Press, for a long time. And then all of a sudden, one day, I was, you know, reading about NFL teams, and this must have been a couple months ago, you know, getting ready for the season, and I hear Chris Thomason asking Sean Payton questions. I was like, wait, when did Chris join the Denver beat? He's going to join us at 5.30 for a little eye on the enemy. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to take some calls first, but coming up in a few minutes, I want to explain to you by the quarterback position in the NFL right now, it's in a very interesting spot. And I think because of some of the idiosyncrasies, a lot of the quarterbacks, good quarterbacks in the NFL right now, offensive coordinators have never been more important. I think the offensive coordinator position, massive right now for so many reasons. So we'll talk about that coming up in a few. First, I want to get to some calls. Let's start with Denny and Holman, 608-321-1670. What's going on, Denny? Thanks for taking my call, Grant. Yeah, I appreciate you, Denny. Sorry I couldn't get you in yesterday. It was a jam-packed show. We had to argue about uh, highways for 15 minutes. So very I heard, important. I heard you. I heard you going <laughs> on and on and on. And you know, you're right, though. But 27-2 has got some beautiful uh, landscape, too, on the way. We're, you know, pr- on we're the way pretty lucky in this state. Stuff. Lots of pretty highways and roads. And, you know, you go to Illinois or Indiana, it's just a bunch of black. In Wisconsin, I mean, even on 94, it has beautiful stretches. That's right, and we went to Roxas for 15 years, me and my wife, you know, and we used to take 27 every year we'd go. Uh, down to Kadat, right? Yep, Kadat, you bet. We yeah. saw a lot, Kadot, of, a lot of great entertainment. Uh, I would imagine. But 
anyway, on, on the Packers, okay? So I like what Bill said. Bill said that, uh, you know, the different coordinators have figured love out now. You know, they saw him a couple of times. So now they're trying to, you know, put ways to stop him and stuff. But, you know, you can't pass the ball unless you can run the ball, right? So, I mean, why isn't LeFleur doing some things that will make Love's, um, you know, the way that he plays the game, you know, an advantage, maybe rolling them out, uh, maybe trying less passes, you know, down the field, maybe trying, you know, some different stuff. I mean, it just doesn't seem like he's playing to his strengths. It see, well, first of all, I, I'm not sure that I know what Jordan Love's strengths are. Um, they are asking him to take a lot of shots down the field. I think they're trying to get that deep passing game working. And, and right. Jordan Love is going to have to get more accurate in that department. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know that it all needs to happen right now. And, and I think part of it, Denny, is is a Christian Watson issue. As soon as he got back healthy, Matt LaFleur and, and, and the offense are like, all right, we're going to start throwing bombs. It's like, whoa, 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 let's ease him in a little bit here. We don't just need to start corking three or four 40-yard bombs a game just because Christian Watson is back. Right, right. Because then they forgot about Dobbs, you know, and Dobbs, you know, I mean, it, it just, you know, it's just, uh, we had all the, the sports people that were talking about love the first two weeks when things were going pretty decent for him, you know, and it's like what Bill said, and all the different defenses figured out him, they figure what he does and, and they're scheming for that, you know, and, and, uh, you know, like I just hope that, uh, you know, we, we can do something. And like you said, lose or not show some improvement. My God, you know, show something that we're actually understanding what we're doing. And we're on the same page. I know everybody's got injuries, but that's what every team, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know this new running back. I mean, sure. This uh, guy is, uh, you know, he had a torn Achilles and stuff. So, I mean, you know, we, we never pick anybody up that's real healthy, you know. It's always, there's always something, some injury behind haunting it, you know. Yeah. Well, hopefully he and can I, be a, a nice little back for this Packers team because he tore his Achilles, right, I, was it last year or the year before? Um, right. I, and I feel like they just, they need someone other than A.J. Dillon. I think that's that's yeah. the that's the M.O., that's the thought process behind and, this move is they just need someone else in I'm disappointed that that Taylor didn't work out, you know, the way that we thought he might, you know, which would be another running back bust for us, you know. And it just uh, a lot of guys that we thought would be stepping up, I don't think made that step, you know. And like uh, Campbell didn't play like he was playing two years ago, you know. And I mean, really, the only one that's really playing, I think, up to par and over is Rasul Douglas. Rasul- I mean, that guy's a yeah. Rasul Douglas and, and Denny, I, I appreciate the phone call. I got to get to a couple other guys. Thank you. I appreciate you on, on Facebook and commenting. Have an awesome night, okay? All right. Thanks. Yeah, have a good one. And enjoy Bill Michael's presence in, in the, the western portion of the state. Denny, you and uh, you and Mrs. Denny and Holman should get over to Flipside tonight for the huddle. Just a short drive down to the north side of lacrosse. Rasul Douglas, a good shout-out. Denny, thank you. Because he's playing like a legit number one corner, which... Also is a little frustrating because if you're getting an awesome season from Rasul Douglas and you have all pro corner Jair Alexander, man, I I wish they would play a little bit more aggressive. I wish they would trust those guys just a bit, but that's not really Joe Barry's scheme. And, you know, the, the, most points in the season, 
you haven't really been able to fault the defense too much because the offense has been so poor. That doesn't mean I, I don't, you know, dislike the scheme. Uh, we can work on the offense and the defense at the same time. But right now, the offense and, and Matt LaFleur's unit, certainly a bigger priority for us. Let's talk to Uncle Packer up in Eau Claire, 608-321-1670. What's up, Mike? How are you? Hey, hey, Grant. Uh, it's a great day. I've uh, been listening to your show up in a tree, um, so I don't want to call in and talk. But I just wanted to say how I really so agreed with your point yesterday about Joe Barry, about how you're kind of sticking up for him because the defense is out on the field 75% of the time, and, and what can you expect him to do? I thought that was really well said, and I agree with that. I mean, with the points you made – I'm not a big fan of Joe Barry's, but what you said made so much sense. I wanted to well, thank you for that. Yeah, well, yeah, and I'm I'm not going out of my way to offend Joe Barry here, but but think of his perspective, Uncle Packer. He held Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs in check, the number one and number two guys in that Raiders offense, and, and he's having to answer questions, multiple questions about one play that really wasn't that big yeah. of a deal in the grand scheme of things. So I sympathize with him. Right. And that defensive end has been out there a lot of times in coverage and did fine. I mean, it just happened that it worked out beyond his control. You know, I want to kind of go back to the old adage that it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. I mean, I was so in love with the Brewers this year, and then they just, bam, they just died on me. And the same way with the Bucks. You know, and I get so excited for these teams to do well. And when they go out in the first round of the playoffs, I'm just left. But I don't know what is better to have all that, misery when they're gone or they have all that excitement with them getting there i'm just i, I what, what's your point what do you think i should do with that you know well what's frustrating is and i i, I don't have a problem with the playoff structure the brewers had a, a best of three series it's not like they were eliminated in one night right they had a series no. against a team that they were better than and they had the games at home so i'm not saying the the system is rigged against them my frustration maybe your frustration as well is that we enjoyed this team for a 162-game regular season, and we put so much into that, and then the season's over in two nights. And I struggle with that because then I sit here thinking, well, what, why did we do that all summer? You know, what, right. why did we what, – what was the point of all of that if a Diamondbacks team can back in and lose five of six going into the playoffs and then the season's just over? Uh, that, that's a struggle for me. And with this thing about Milwaukee possibly, or the Brewers possibly leaving Milwaukee, I spent thousands of dollars this summer driving to Milwaukee, staying in hotels, going to Brewers game, eating there. I mean, it was the Brewers the only thing that takes me to Milwaukee, unless it's the Bucks. Mm -hmm. So I just hope they stay in Milwaukee. And I didn't hear if you had a funeral for him this year. (laughs) Um, But if you do yet, let me know. I would love to hear that eulogy. I feel I like we, I feel like we did that. Wait, yeah, what were you going to say? Keep going. I just really quick about the Packers. Yep. I don't mean to interrupt you, and I apologize. You, you know, I, I'm, I've kind of, my optimism has kind of waned, and I'm thinking that this is going to be a really good year to get these offensive players like Jay, Jordan Reed, Jaden Reed, mm-hmm. and, you know, number nine, and all those guys kind of a good year of, of just really good play and take that rookie away from them. And then next year, draft some horses. Get some big offensive linemen. Get another big defensive tackle. Get some power in the middle. And I think next year is going to work out pretty, I hopefully, again, to be optimist, I hope. I think we just need to be bigger in the trenches. And if yeah. they still have that 
Philadelphia Eagles scrum, we should get some sumo wrestlers and get right in there and go with some big men, you know? Oh. I'm thinking next year is going to be our time. I think so. I think that's some great perspective. I appreciate you, Uncle Mike. And good luck out there in the woods. Uh, stick a big All one, right. and when you do, you're going to have to tell us, okay? Yeah, it's heaven. It's, I, you know, this year I could have shot five bucks that I would have shot five years ago. I'm waiting for a big one. So when I stick one, I'll let you know. That a boy. Have a good night. Appreciate the call, Uncle Packer. Thank you. Yeah, that's our guy, Mike in Eau Claire. We'll get to Mike in Chippewa Falls here in just a sec. I just, I can sympathize to listening to the radio in, in the tree. It's one of my favorite things to do back when I bow hunted a lot was to watch a Packers game at noon and then around 3 o'clock, especially before daylight savings kicked in, grab my little pocket radio, head out to the woods and listen to Packers OT in my tree stand. Da-da-da, 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 da-da. I mean, that's it doesn't get any better. And then later in the season, that gets hard to do because it gets darker early in. We're still at the point now where the time hasn't changed yet, so you get out there and you take advantage of all that daylight and all that hunting opportunity, Uncle Packer. Clemhead Mike is in Chippewa Falls. Let's talk to him quick before we take our next break. 608-321-1670. Mike, what's going on? Hey, Grant. How are you? I'm doing great. I wish I was in a tree stand like Uncle Packer, but yeah. uh, instead I'm I, in the studio. I, it's not bad. I enjoyed Uncle Packer's uh, take, the uh, Better to Have Loved and Laws. That's a nice little nod to some uh, ancient literature there. I loved it. Um, I also, I loved the highway talk yesterday. I, for 40 years, I spent my life on highway 53, highway eight and highway 27. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I drove those highways just about every day. So I know I never got tired of it. So, uh, and I drove my last couple of years, I drove to Whitehall a lot and I'd take old 53 down there. I wouldn't take 94 and cut over. I would take the long way. And, uh, I, I enjoy all of that. So You're a long way type of guy. You're someone to stop and smell the roses and, and enjoy the Absolutely. scenery. I like that about you. Stop at the overlooks. And sometimes I would do service calls from Chippewa. I'd do service calls in Prairie du Chien or Decorah, Iowa. I'd take the old river road and stop at the overlooks. and The Great River uh, yeah. Road down through Stoddard yeah. and, oh, gosh, yep. Genoa. Absolutely. Oh. You gotta, it reminded me of Mark Twain and the life on the Mississippi. How could, like how could you think of anyone other than Mark Twain when cruising along a stretch of river like that? It's just beautiful. Absolutely. I, I remember reading Huckleberry Finn when I was nine years old. I said, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> this language first of all whoa, whoa that's a lot of n-words but then whoa wow what great imagery of of rivers oh, and, and the natural world around us mike totally what a great book yeah but i wanted to uh talk about justin herbert monday night i, I watched that game i said oh my god this guy is really inaccurate he, he, he missed so many wide open receivers we're, we're complaining about jordan love this guy boy is this guy overrated or does he have an injury or what i was and uh yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of shocked by that. I was expecting a really good performance out of him, and he really let me down. Because I, I know I, I'm like you. I, I've hated the Cowboys since the '60s, so I still hate the Cowboys. <laughs> Back when they were coined America's team, back there by by NFL Films or whatever first put that uh put that name on them. Yeah, that was yeah. back in in that day. Well, I'm sorry, Herbert let you down. Yeah, he missed a couple of throws that you just have to have oh, open guys along the boundary and stuff like that. As far as Christian Watson goes, I don't think Christian Watson's strength is like when they used MVS. It isn't running down a field 50, 60-yard passes. I think his strength was taking a quick slam and, and catching the ball short and running away from tacklers. I think that was his strong point, you know, because a guy can move. Um, that's That was like the heart of the West Coast offense was yards after the catch, catch it short. And, don't, you know, don't try to force the ball 50 yards because – Frankly, Jordan Love can't really throw accurately 50 yards, not yet, but 
Yeah, Christian Watson is, you know, catching it short and breaking it. And yeah, so it's it's I think that's where he needs to be used. It's just a little frustrating because the second he came back, they just started uncorking balls forty yards yeah. down the field. And that was the problem with MVS because MVS struggled with drops as Christian Watson does from time to time. Let's get him some layups. Like, let's get him some easy balls. Yeah. Let's learn from all of the, the incorrect things, in my opinion, they did with MVS and, and do it better with Christian Watson. And the other night when he came back, that would have been uh, against the Lions, but but more so against the Raiders because he played a larger role and that game was competitive. They just kept throwing bombs to him. I'm like, guys, this is such an inefficient, dumb way to play football. I know. You think that Matt LaFleur probably has forgotten more about football than I'll never I'll ever know, but the other the other day you used the word goldfish memory. I said, "Come on, Matt, you had a better memory than that. Don't you remember what happened with MVS? Yeah. I mean, when a guy's got you know blazing speed like that, just get him the ball. You don't have mm-hmm. to throw it fifty yards. Just get him the ball. Let him turn it loose. Come on, man. Watch Miami. And I yeah, exactly. And I agree with Uncle Packery, man. He, next draft, get some big road graders. I, you know. That term's overused, but get some big giants in the offensive line. We got enough offensive weapons, I think, and uh, get this offense beefed up a little bit, and I think we'll go somewhere. This I never expected this year to be a Super Bowl year. This is going to be a growing year, a rebuilding year, and that's exactly what it's turned out to be. Good takes, Clemhead. I know off the air you were telling me you are going out to dinner with the family tonight, so enjoy that. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Yeah, they they pushed it back a little bit, so I'm fine. So, yeah, thank you, Grant. Talk to you later. Yeah, have a good one. Mike and Chippewa Falls, a scenic route type of guy, a scenic overlook type of guy. I love that. We'll keep talking about quarterbacks, offensive coordinators, the Packers included, coming up next. Get to more of your calls. The Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Madison Sports Talk Station, 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. The future of joint pain relief is here. It's QC Kinetics, advanced regenerative medicine. This is amazing stuff. If you've been told more steroids or surgery are your only options, don't be so fast. Get a second opinion and learn more about how you can harness your body's own healing agents to attack that joint pain. I'm talking fast relief. QC Kinetics doesn't mask the pain. These treatments go to the very root of the problem, using concentrated healing properties placed directly in your joint to restore and repair that damaged tissue. Imagine living your life this fall with no more pain in your knees, your hips, your shoulders, your back, with no drugs, no downtime, and no surgery. Listen, life is about motion, and QC Kinetics is giving people their lives back with these all-natural treatments. Call the local medical professionals and get a free consultation today. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. 608-319-1750. 608-319-1750. Again, that phone number for QC Kinetics, 608-319-1750. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta metal roof. S-W-I-T-A metalroofing.com. Sweeta metal roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. It's easy to think all money managers are pretty much the same. But at Fisher Investments, we're clearly different. Different? How? You sell high-commission investment products, right? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission-based investment products. Well, you must earn commissions on trades. 
Nope, never at Fisher. We're a fiduciary obligated to act in our client's best interest. It's the highest standard of care for a financial advisor. How do you know what's in their best interest? We get to know our clients and then tailor a portfolio based on their goals and needs. But you probably sneak in some hidden and layered fees. No, we have one transparent management fee structured so we do better when our clients do better. Wow, you really do look out for your clients. That's because our top priority is helping them achieve a comfortable retirement. It might be why most of our clients come from other money managers. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments and securities involve the risk of loss. To some, this might sound like a typical family dog. But at Dog Chow, we know that for a veteran suffering from PTSD, this could be the sound of life-saving therapy. Thanks, Betty. That's why we've made it our mission to connect every military hero in need with a canine hero of their own. To learn about the simple ways you can help Dog Chow in our mission, visit dogchow.com slash veterans. Sponsored by Purina. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double arm kid carry. Looks like dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Chris Thomason going to join us. A little eye on the enemy. Love that. Going to join us to talk Denver Broncos. Coming up at 530, he used to cover the Vikings for the Pioneer Press for a long time. Long time Minnesota sports writer. Uh, he is now in Denver covering the Broncos. A little eye on the enemy with Chris coming up at 530. Bill Michaels Huddle coming up at 6. Mike Clemens going to be on. And because Bill is live in lacrosse, Scott Emmerich of WXOW News 19 going to join Bill for the second hour of the show as well. So it should be 
selfishly for me, a very fun huddle to be a part of because you know, it's lacrosse. Uh, and I'm a little jealous that Bill is there. I'm a lot jealous that Bill is there without me. I'm a lot jealous. 608-321-1670. Going to get back to the phone calls in like three minutes. Uh, I just wanted to say, you know, we were talking about Justin Herbert and Clemhead Mike was talking about Herbert's performance on Monday night and how he let him down because Mike wants to see the Cowboys lose. I was thinking about Herbert and Dak, two quarterbacks that take heat for this and that. I was looking yesterday at Nick Wright's Mahomes Mountain on First Things First, which is a segment that I very much enjoy. It's basically his quarterback, period. Or, or not not period. His quarterback, pyramid. There's a big difference. Where he stacks up guys under Mahomes and ranks them. And according to Nick, and take it for what it's worth, the next five NFL quarterbacks behind Patrick Mahomes are Tua, Justin Herbert, or uh, excuse me, Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. I really like all those quarterbacks, but Trevor Lawrence is not perfect. Tua is not perfect. Jared Goff is definitely not perfect. Lamar is definitely not perfect. And Josh Allen can be the best quarterback in the league one week and then actually the worst quarterback I've ever seen just six or seven days later. I say all that to say this. There are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL who are good and who are capable of winning, but they're all different and they all have different sets of strengths and weaknesses. And that's why I think in 2023, the offensive coordinator is more important than ever before. Because you could, as an offensive coordinator, be coaching Lamar Jackson, who's got obviously a very unique set of skills. You'd be coaching Jared Goff, who's got a very unique set of skills. Josh Allen, who's got a very unique set of skills and a very unique set of, uh, not weaknesses, but let's say personality tendencies. He can be a little reckless. He can be play with a little bit of abandonment, maybe a little bit too much. Dak Prescott's got a very specific style of throwing and style of play, Kyler Murray, and, and so on and so forth. All these quarterbacks, I'm looking down Nick Wright's list here. The, the offensive coordinator could make or break Tua, make or break Jared Goff could make or break Lamar Jackson. I just think we're in an era right now of football where there are very few rules on how you play the quarterback position. The quarterback position has never been this diverse in my life with different skill sets and different strengths and different weaknesses. I think all of these guys are capable of winning. Offensive coordinators build the apparatus around these guys to help them succeed. I think Andy Reid has been perfect for Mahomes because Mahomes is a little Favre. Obviously much more turnover adverse, but plays with a little bit of Brett Favre and and like Mike Sherman set up a system around Brett Favre that worked very well. Andy Reid has done the same around Patrick Mahomes, right? Look at what Ben Johnson has been able to do around Jared Goff. Look at what Brian Dable was able to do around Josh Allen for a year. It, it takes to really maximize these guys not named Patrick Mahomes. It takes the correct offensive coordinator with the right vision, uh, with the right sensibilities and, and offensive coordinators can't be beholden to tra- traditional ways of coaching and playing quarterback because the quarterback position these days is anything but traditional offensive coordinators in 2023 massive. And that goes for the Packers as well. We'll talk about LaFleur and his offensive staff and what they're doing around Jordan Love in just a bit. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello, hello, hello. All right. Line two is a bust. Call back if you wish. 608-321-1670. Let's go sports show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Tony from Texas here. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. We've talked a little bit about your state of Texas today. Little Cowboys talk, little Rangers talk. Yeah, Rangers looking good, ready to get up 3-0. But I want to focus on the NFL right here. Yes. So why is scoring down? It is down this year. Mm. 
Uh, I think, well, if you're just asking me for your, my opinion, I'll be really quick. Yeah. I think a lot of quarterbacks have regressed a little bit, and red zone scoring is is down. Like, re- conversion in the red zone is down league-wide right now, so I think that probably affects it as well. Why do you think? I, I feel like you have an well, answer. Well, I find it fascinating because the rules favor the offense, right? Mm-hmm. And yet these teams are only scoring 21.7 points per game. Actually, what's interesting is in 2020, do you know what was, what was going on then in 2020? The pandemic. Yes. No fans in the stands. Scoring was up to 24.8. So, people, you do make a difference when you go to the game. Don't sell your tickets if you go to the game. Um, so, my point is, where are the Hall of Fame quarterbacks besides Mahomes, Mahomes and our Aaron Rodgers? Where are the Hall of Fame quarterbacks? Give me a sure-fire Hall of Fame quarterback playing right now in the league. Like, that is a Hall of Famer. I know for a fact. I love where you're going with this because right now, Mahomes – uh, is in there for sure. Ah, Rogers obviously, but well, not playing. Yep, Rogers isn't playing. Um, okay, you, you can't find it. Right? You, you, might, maybe, you could maybe say Josh Allen, well, maybe. But 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 here's the, here's the thing, Tony. I hate doing that. I hate I hate throwing Hall of Famer around. It's it's it, that's very unique to me. Like some Why? people would tell you, well, Lamar could be on that path, or Russell Wilson could be on that path. I don't like going there. I, I think Hall of Fame should be should be limited to just the best of the best of the best. And I, I don't even want to flirt with the idea of the Hall of Fame other than Mahomes and, and Rodgers right now, really, in the league, honestly. Trans, transcendent quarterbacks usually equal dynamic offenses, which equal Super Bowl titles. Let me take you back to my era, Grant. I know you go, don't go past the year 2000. 1990s. This is, I just made a little small list here before I got on your show. I was a Brett 90s Favre. kid. Hey, you don't minimize. I was a 90s. You weren't paying attention. <laughs> Brett Favre. I was born in 98, so I just barely got in there. I got in before. Okay. All right. Uh, Brett Favre, Warren Moon, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, Steve Young, John Elway, all Hall of Fame quarterbacks from the 90s. Yeah. What, what do we have right now? You got a bunch of athletes. Got some yeah. guys that can throw the ball, and make some plays. But these, he makes fun of the Joe Barrys of the world. But these defensive coordinators, they're actually good, and they're scheming to stop these guys. And I think that's why Jordan Love is starting to be uh, uh, looks like a you know maybe an average quarterback because the the defensive coordinators are scheming. They know what the tendencies are. The athletes on defense are just unbelievable. Back in my day, you had guys like Chuck Cecil that ran like a 4.940. These guys are running like a 4.340, and they're playing linebacker. It's unbelievable. you got these Micah Parsons of the world. Mm -hmm. So the defenses are faster. The quarterback play, to me, isn't as as strong as it used to be. And the defensive coordinators are getting getting crafty, man. Well, it's such a schematic league. Right. Like the entire league sat down for a year and figured out, okay, this is the best way to beat Mahomes and basically like assigned the Vic Fangio style too high defense to it. Like defensive coordinators always figure stuff out. Um, I just think now the time is for Matt LaFleur to say, okay, here now here are adjustments to the adjustments. Right. And that's what I'm hoping to see over the next month out of the bye. Yeah. And Matt LaFleur was looking like the second coming of Bill Walsh the first three years. But, you know, he had a Hall of Fame quarterback, a, a, a defense that was pretty solid, and he had a lot of good veterans, and he had Devontae Adams, a potentially Hall of Fame receiver. A offensive line that had pro bowlers. So, yeah, you got to have the players. Uh, to me, these coaches are dime a dozen for the most part. And I'm, I'm going to end with this, Grant. You, met, you brought up Matt LaFleur. Okay. Who, who uh, loses their job first, Matt LaFleur or Bill Belichick? Oh, Belichick. 
Malafleur. Let me tell you guys, Malafleur is not—he's not going anywhere this year or at the end of this year. He, he is so some something would have to go so poorly. Things would have to to come off the cart so badly in the next couple months for him to lose his job. I know Packers fans, we might be out on him. We might be losing confidence in him. The Packers aren't. He, he's not in danger of losing his job. Well, Belichick's not crying at halftime during an interview. I'll tell you that. I feel like that's overblown. I don't like it. I feel like it's mostly overblown. I feel like it's mostly overblown. All right, Grant. I, I enjoyed your your time on the Bart Winkler show. I also follow you on X. I really enjoy that too. So keep it up. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, Tony. Right. Have a good night. That is uh, Tony in Texas. One more call before we take our break here. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. This is Cone. Cone following Tony in Texas. Little to- a little cone cone tone roller. Coney in Texas. I botched that. I'm sorry. Tone roller, I think that goes. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. no respect for Matt Stafford as a Hall of Famer. I thought about it. No, I think I think that's a little what? too much. <sighs> wow. All right, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? I would think no. He might get in, but I wow. I would think again. I think the Hall of Fame should be reserved for the undoubted guy. Like if you have to think about it, it's a no. That's true. It's not called the Hall of Very Good. Yeah, thank, and thank you. And we hadn't had anyone point that out yet, so thank you for adding that. I should have said that right away to Tony. But I, I think Tony's, like, kind of stuck in the 90s. You know, maybe those were his glory days, talking about all those great quarterbacks. Listen, in the last five years, we've gone through an entire changing of the guard at NFL quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, Big Ben is gone. Drew Brees is gone. Tom Brady is gone. I mean, those are three probably first ballot Hall of Famers. I mean, Brees and Brady for sure. Yeah. Probably Big Ben. So, I mean, quarterback play, yes, it, it, you know, you don't have the Hall of Fame, you know, I guess prowess in the league right now, but, you know, Trevor Lawrence will be there for sure one day. Mahomes, definitely. Josh Allen, maybe. So, you know, let's just give them time. Let's just let this, these, you know, grapes on the vine grow a little bit before we, we judge it, the state of the quarterback in today's NFL. I like that. I, I think there are a lot of quarterbacks that are really, really good, but they all have strengths and weaknesses. Like, I don't look at Mahomes and say, well, he's great at this, but you got to worry about that. You know, I Lamar, uh, Josh Allen, uh, Tua, I think, yeah, they're really, really good, but there's this. You know, there's there's a catch-22 with all of these quarterbacks. Massive strengths and math, massive weaknesses. And that's why I think offensive coordinator is so important right now in this league. Hasn't, hasn't that been the case, though, with every NFL quarterback in existence? Y- yes, but I think to a lesser degree. Like, for a long time, there wasn't the yeah, but with Rodgers and Breeze and Bray. Like, you had quarterbacks that were really well-rounded. And right now, I don't think all these guys are as well-rounded. But maybe I'm glorifying the 2010s. Maybe maybe I peaked in the 2010s. Maybe I'm doing what you're accusing Tony of doing. Maybe. Maybe. I hope not. Well, I got this about... show's all about in the mirror, so... Yeah, it, it, well, it's about accountability. Hand up. I got about 60 seconds before I got to take my last break. Anything else you want to hit on, Cone? Uh, yeah, Diamondback game last night, putrid. Uh, yeah. Nothing more you can say. I was at a Diamondbacks bar out here in Phoenix, and I, I don't feel good about the Phillies coming here. I think I think there might be more Phillies fans in the crowd than than Diamondbacks oh, fans. Oh no, really? Culture, the Diamondbacks culture. I mean, I was at a Diamondbacks branded bar, and just no energy, uh, no energy. Maybe a few claps when Corbin Carroll gets a single. But that's about it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not, not that's feeling tough. good. Well, that's okay. Best of luck to your team. We have the we have. Do they play tonight or are they off tonight? 
No, they're off tonight. That's Play tomorrow at like 2 p.m. local time. Oh, that'll be kind of fun. A little daytime baseball. I got to run, Cone. I'm glad we got you in here before 5 o'clock. Appreciate you. Yep. Have a good one, Grant. You as well. Cone Roller down there in Phoenix. Cone's a big Badger basketball guy. Going to talk about them, I think, at some point before the end of the show tonight. Chris Thomason to talk Vikings as well. Let's take our final three-minute break of the hour and wrap up the first hour of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Madison's number one sports talk station, 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. The golf clubs, the bikes, the patio furniture. Clean that stuff out of the garage or off the patio or deck. Have it stored for the winter at Units Moving and Portable Storage. Units of Madison will deliver a storage container to your property. You pack it up on your time, then they pick it up and store in their indoor climate-controlled facility. Right now, get $100 off when you order your portable storage container from Units of Madison. They deliver, you pack it, they store it. Search unitsofmadison.com. Do you have questions about Medicare? Let us help. Aetna has Medicare Advantage plans that include prescription drug coverage with a $0 monthly plan premium. Aetna plans also include essential programs like transportation, a healthy rewards program, fitness benefit, and more. Call Aetna today at 1-833-771-7542 to learn more. There's no obligation to enroll. One of our licensed agents will answer your call. Call today, 1-833-771-7542. Aetna Medicare is an HMO PPO plan with Medicare contract. Our DSNPs also have contracts with state Medicaid programs. Enrollment in our plans depends on contract renewal. Plan features and availability may vary by service area. Oh, oh, Get ultimate durability and extreme weather performance with Rain-X Advantage Wiper Blades at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase a pair of Rain-X Advantage Wiper Blades and save $10, plus get two times O-Rewards points. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades for free. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. Cardinals coach Jonathan Gannon, give this guy some credit. Shot out of a cannon, Gannon's dudes have fought their tails off so far. They could honestly be 3-0. They probably should be 2-1. But the one thing they clearly are not is losing on purpose. Just ask Dak Prescott and Big Mike and then ask them why they were so ill-prepared for that game and didn't bother showing up at all. 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. Wisco Sports.
sports show, Cone Roller has me pondering whether or not I peaked in the 2010s. And if I'm factoring that into my sports takes, I don't know. I I think back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, you had quarterbacks that were well-rounded pocket passers. They didn't have massive weaknesses. And now the second and third and fourth best guy in the league, it's like he's really good at this, but you also got to count for this. That's why offensive coordinators matter a ton. We'll talk more about that coming up next. Hour two Wisco Sports Show coming up in two minutes. We got Wisconsin sports covered. W244DR Fitchburg. WOZN Madison. The Zone. Before we start with a hand. This is a Wisconsin Sports Zone update. Well, Aaron Jones says this is the best he's felt since before he suffered a hamstring injury in week one against Chicago. That was the word from the Packers running back in the locker room earlier today. Jones has played in just two games this year due to the injury, and he was a surprise inactive against Las Vegas. Telling reporters today that he had a bit of a setback on the Saturday before the game. However, the bye week has helped him a lot. Anytime you get those extra added days uh, with rest is is huge, and then I was able to stay here with our training staff and get right. And uh, gave me some confidence going into this week. I was able to get out there today and run around uh, and do some drills, have a little bit of practice. So um, it did did a lot for my confidence. Jones was limited at practice today, as was cornerback Eric Stokes and linebacker Quay Walker. The only player not to practice at all, linebacker Devondre Campbell. He's still dealing with an ankle injury that will likely keep him out of the game against Denver on Sunday. Turning to Wisconsin, they're getting ready for a trip to Illinois to face former coach Brett Bielma and the Illini. Several Wisconsin players said yesterday the game has a little bit of a personal feel to it after last year's 34 to 10 beatdown as their coach Paul Crist was then fired the next day. Kick on Saturday is at 2:30. Are you a non-union construction tradesperson proud of what you do? Did you know you're worth so much more than what you're bringing home today? Put the power of Lyuna Union Labor to work for you. When you join Lyuna, you get the pay you deserve plus pension and health care benefits above and beyond your compensation. That's zero deductions for pension and health care benefits with Lyuna because you're worth it. Learn more at LyunaWisconsin.org slash join. Well, the Brewers have one player among the finalists for a gold glove and first baseman Carlos Santana. The midseason pickup from Pittsburgh, the team finishes the top defensive unit in the National League. And the Bucs are going to close out the preseason on Friday against Memphis. With this Wisconsin Sports Zone Network update, I'm Zach Heil Print. A competitive spirit and just really dial in and truly taking it one day at a time and focus on what lies ahead and that is improving. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. What in tarnation? That happened at the beginning of the show, too. Let's gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. What in tarnation? <laughs> this is the Wisco Sports Show. Uh, Chris Thomason, who covers the Broncos, used to cover the Vikings. Long time, the Pioneer Press. Uh, he's going to join us at 5.30 for a little eye on the enemy. Plus, aren't we all just a little curious to hear what, what's going on in Denver? Like, how bad is it exactly? Uh, we had, uh, what was the guy's name? I had never heard of him until this morning, and he's buddies with Bill. He's at Mile High Sports. I followed him and was looking at some of his work today. Um, let me go find him. Eric Goodman. 
who does morning drive in Denver for Mile High Sports, joined the Bill Michael Show earlier today. He was awesome. He just lit this stupid team up. Uh, and I'm excited to talk to Chris coming up in about a half hour. I'd like to keep talking Packers with you, talk quarterbacks, which is a conversation that we kind of got into yesterday following Monday Night Football. 608-321-1670 would love to have you. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. That's another good way to drop a note or be a part of the show. You can send me a DM, send me a tweet uh, if you have a comment you want to make part of the show. Yeah, I think offensive coordinators are as as important now as they've ever been. In the NFL, I, I think the way that, that quarterback is situated in the NFL, like Patrick Mahomes is the number one guy. I think he's head and shoulders so much better than everyone else, right? Which is a little bit of a unique phenomenon. Um, for most of Roger's career, Brady was there and Breeze was also very good. And, and, and it didn't feel like for the last 10 years, Peyton Manning, obviously around as well. It didn't feel like Brady was head and shoulders better than everyone else. It felt like Brady was very, very good. And he played for the organization that was the most consistent and the most competitive. And I'm not trying to, to take away from Tom Brady and what he did. Tom Brady felt to me like he was on a similar level as Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, although Drew Brees is a little bit below. I don't hold Brees in the same regard as those other guys. Brady just happened to be on, on the dynastic team with the all-time great coach. So for most of my lifetime watching football, most of my adult life, there was not one guy head and shoulders better than everyone else, right? But now we're looking at a quarterback environment where it's Patrick Mahomes, and then depending on who you ask, I mean, Josh Allen could be second, but... Which Josh Allen are we getting? Are we getting MVP Josh Allen playing his best? Or are we getting, you know, two fumbles, two picks, doesn't have a clue what he's doing, Josh Allen? Because every once in a while, you'll get a game like that from Josh Allen. You're like, buddy, Josh Allen maybe has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the league, but he certainly has the lowest floor of any high-level quarterback. Jalen Hurts is is very good. I think he's got a lot of great intangibles. I think he fits very well with that team. But he's regressed as a passer and as a decision-maker so far this year. Jared Goff is playing awesome, but I remember when Jared Goff could barely muster 10 points in the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson is very good. He also has some limitations as a passer. Tua is very good. How much of it is scheme? How much of it is weapons? I think Tua is playing outstanding, and I don't think he is simply a point-and-shoot merchant for for uh, um, Mike McDaniel. I almost said Josh McDaniel. Mike McDaniel, a little bit better coach than than Josh McDaniel, I think. Right. Trevor Lawrence, we don't know enough about yet. Do you get my point? Like A lot of these quarterbacks are, are very good, and they have great strengths, but they also have great weaknesses. And that's why I think in 2023, the offensive coordinator is so important. Look at what Jared Goff is doing with Ben Johnson. Some of the creative motions and the way that he's scheming guys open for Jared Goff. Because if you protect Jared Goff and you give him a window to deliver the ball, he is as good as anyone. He's not going to miss now maybe he's not going to make some of the massive throws on the run under pressure off script maybe not I've also seen him make some of those throws he made some of those throws against Kansas City opening night that Thursday night in in week one but by and large Jared Goff is is a game manager and a distributor and his offensive coordinator has set up a system around him to maximize Goff's weaknesses as a pure pocket passer and, and to minimize some of his weaknesses I think I said that backwards but you know maximize his strengths Minimizes weaknesses. You know, an offensive coordinator for Josh Allen has to have a little Andy Reid, has to have a little Mike Sherman in that 
you can't coach Josh Allen like a robot because he's never going to be a robot. What you have to do and, and what Sherman had to do for Favre, uh, and not Sherman, Holmgren, what Holmgren had to do for Favre and what Andy Reid has to do for Patrick Mahomes is to not teach them and, and coach them like a robot, but instead create an offense that's kind of loose, create an offense that's a little bit of a scavenger hunt. So as Mahomes is creating and as Favre is creating, right, they, they would kind of stumble into the places that the coach designed for them to stumble into. Does that make sense? It's, it's very difficult to describe, but Holmgren and Andy Reid are two of the best at this, where they have a quarterback that's uber-talented, plays fast, and plays loose, and if you try to to force Brett Favre to hit this read every time, it's it's not going to work. You're not going to get the most out of your quarterback. It's, it's just not going to be smooth. If you try to make Mahomes Jared Goff, or if you try to make Mahomes Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, it's not going to work. But every quarterback needs structure, even Favre and even Mahomes. So what Holmgren did and what Reed has done and perfected, I think maybe even on a level that Holmgren didn't in the 90s, is creating an offense that's very intentional. Right? But it doesn't appear intentional. It doesn't appear forced. So when Patrick Mahomes throws to the guy on the right side of the field who's open, it's not because Andy Reed said, you need to throw it to this guy at this moment in time. Andy Reid just created a play and created that environment around Patrick Mahomes knowing that Patrick's going to see it. Patrick might feel like he's like he's off script and Patrick might feel like he's creating, but he's the ball's going where I designed it to. It's like Professor Moody in the in the Goblet of Fire. Right? And that long rant that he goes on at the end, do you think that oaf never Longbottom would have suggested Gillyweed if I hadn't given him the book that led him straight to it? Like he did not give the Gillyweed to Neville Longbottom. He gave him the book. It's actually very, this is actually the perfect analogy for, for this coaching kind of mechanism. And that's why Andy Reid works so well with Mahomes. That's why Holmgren worked so well with Favre. That's the type of coordinator that Josh Allen needs. That's not at all the type of coordinator that Jared Goff needs. It's not at all the coordinator that Tua needs. Very different strengths, very different weaknesses. They require very different coaching. And I think moving forward, in order to succeed as an offensive coordinator in this league, you can't be rigid. You can't be stuck to the way things used to be or the way that things were done on my last team with my last coaching staff. Offensive coordinators need to play fast and loose with the rules. They need to be free thinking and creative and and don't be afraid. Well, no one's ever done this before. Okay, but no one's ever coached this quarterback before, right? Coach the players that you have. Players, not plays. I've said that a couple times this week, right? And the player... Tua is very different than the player Lamar Jackson, very different than the player Josh Allen. So the coordinator needs to be different and think different and the offense needs to be different. And that is true more so, I believe, in 2023 than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago because 10 years ago, quarterbacks were a lot more similar. And I think the three or four best quarterbacks in football were a lot more well-rounded. They lacked weaknesses. Where even now, like a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, he played as fine of a game in the Super Bowl as I've ever seen anyone play. And I'm still not sure that he's like a perfect smooth quarterback but you can win with guys like that if you think the right way you create the correct offense some guys are doing that Ben Johnson Andy Reid obviously who's not just a coordinator but a head coach I think Dable did a great job with Josh Allen for a year and now he's moved on to be the head coach of Daniel Jones <laughs> what an upgrade 608-321-1670 Wisco Sports Show who's this Chris in Chippewa Chris in Chippewa how you doing today Chris what's going on not, not too bad how about yourself Grant I'm doing good. I need the Packers to play another game, man. I'm going nuts in the studio every night. We need another game. Bad. 
I, I agree. Even if even if it's a loss, as long as they look good, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Just show, show some growth, some development on exactly. offense. Yep, I feel it. Yeah. Put up some points, look confident again. Exactly. So a couple of thoughts here after listening to the things you've been talking about today. I think I think we or you might be looking at the past with rose-colored glasses because um, I go back to the Favre era of, of quarterbacks and – while I loved Favre as a quarterback, he was, oh, he's going to do amazing things, but he's also going to throw interceptions. Yep. Peyton Manning was, he's going to do amazing things, but if you get around his feet, he's going to make mistakes because uh, he was basically a statue back there. So I think, I think even back then, some of our more well-rounded quarterbacks, we're calling them, they, they had their flaws and and your coaches and stuff had to, to realize that that they have those, so they had to gear their teams for that. So what did Indianapolis do? They made sure they had amazing pass blockers, an amazing line that was going to give Peyton Manning time to yep. make his adjustments to his reads. Holmgren um, just had to accept that Brett Favre was going to do some boneheaded thing during the game because that was Brett Favre. So – and I, and I think we had to look at the, the quarterbacks of the next era in kind of the same light. Um, well, Drew Brees was great, but you had to make sure he had passing lanes, like because he wasn't big enough to see over his line. Yep. Um, uh, Aaron Rodgers, even to me, there's one thing I always thought about with Aaron Rodgers is he played way, way too much hero ball. Like he was going to take sacks because he held on the ball too long. That was mm-hmm. just Aaron Rodgers. Like is it? pretty much his entire career. Well, and, um, and and what you said about Peyton Manning is also true about Rodgers. They drafted a specific type of offensive lineman to put around Rodgers to pass block exactly. instead of run block and to be mobile, to shift the pocket left and right and forward and backwards. That was an accommodation that they made for Rodgers. Totally not because of a huge weakness or a huge flaw, but but maybe a, like an idiosyncrasy, like a quirk of Rodgers' game, I would say, a quirk. A play style, and they knew that. Like, yeah. So, and... So that leads me to kind of my next point. One thing I've I've kind of thought about over the last few years is one thing I've realized with the NFL, at least in my opinion, it, it is a time and place league. And what I mean by that is you could have the most amazing player come out of the draft and he did everything right in college and he had an amazing combine. And, and on paper, this guy should be a world beater. But if you take him and put him on a team that is the wrong place and wrong time for him, i.e. wrong style or wrong scheme. And that coach is so set in their ways that they're going to like, you're going to fit our scheme. Yeah. He's going to be a bust. Yep. No matter what. Um, and I think more and more now to be successful coaches in this league, you have to play to your players. You have to scheme to your players. And I think what we're seeing is all these guys that don't aren't successful as coordinators or aren't successful head coaches is they're trying to make their players fit their scheme yes. instead of fit their scheme to their players. And I think that might be, I could be wrong with this, but that might be a problem with Jerry. Like he has all these athletes because we, 
the one thing we pretty much all agree on is we've got talent on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I think that's what's so frustrating as yeah. Packers fans. We have all this talent, but why are we still sucking? <laughs> Joe, Joe Barry is doing the opposite. Most times coaches try to force a defense that's meant for talented players on non-talented players. Joe Barry is the first coordinator ever to have really good defensive talent and call a specific defense meant for talent that stinks. Like normally the, Joe Barry's got this whole this whole thing backwards. You know what I mean, Chris? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so I think that's what, what one of our big frustrations as fans is we see all the talent, we see the potential and it's like, why aren't we reaching that potential? Why are, why are you drawing up these shell defenses when we've got guys who can man cover? Like, where is our rush? Where is our, you know, we have Kenny Clark and some big boys up front. Why can't we stop the run? Like, you know, like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So I think that's one of the big problems. And I feel like as, as coordinators, we need to find more of these people that know how to work within the talent that they have as opposed to the scheme that they feel like they need to run. Oh. Anyway, that's those, those are my thoughts. I'll uh, hop off and listen to what you got to say. Yeah, I appreciate you, Chris. Have a good night. Thanks for the call. Chris in Chippewa. We do very well in Chippewa. Not just Eau Claire, but Chippewa. I appreciate the call, Chris. Yeah, Joe Barry is the... Normally, <laughs> normally coaches get in trouble because they call a scheme... Uh, that's designed for talented players, right? Like think of Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy at the beginning of his Packers tenure had Driver, Jordy, and Jennings, and Finley, and then Cobb. A lot of guys that could win one-on-ones. James Jones is another good example, contested contested one-on-one jump ball guys. And, and they played a, an offense that was very much contingent on the wide receivers getting open. There wasn't a lot of route combinations or, or things factored into the scheme that would design one player to get more open than the next. It was a bunch of guys running around. Rodgers reads it. Very Peyton Manning as well. And that offense is great when the quarterback is dialed and when the wide receivers are dialed because you can't really do much about it. Like, if you can't keep up with and cover all of those guys, you you can't stop them because it's not contingent on reading it. It's not The success of the defense is not contingent on, on diagnosing something pre-snap. If you can't beat a man-to-man then you're just going to lose. And that's why the Packers were so good with the talent they had. And then later on, Aaron Rodgers, I think, probably was a big driver behind this, liked that offense, wanted to keep running it. So McCarthy, probably it's his offense as well, wanted to keep running it too, but they didn't have the talent for it. And that's why it got so ugly, especially in like 2015. I think that's probably the best example. When Jordy got hurt and Adams wasn't ready in year two and they had Jeff Janis and Jared Abroderis and it was just a mess, right? Normally coaches are short on talent for the scheme they want to run. Joe Barry is the opposite. He has all this talent and runs a scheme that's dumbed down for lesser talent and lesser players, which is really funny when you outline it like that. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back, continue to talk football. The Bill Michaels huddle coming up at 6 o'clock. Chris Thomason, uh, Denver uh, beat reporter, covers the Broncos. I want to talk to him. I am the enemy at 530. A lot more to go still at the Wisco Sports Show. Back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Keep your head in the game. Check it out. Follow us on Twitter at Zone Madison 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. Traditional ice baths to relieve pain will leave you shivering, sopping wet, and soggy. 
Help manage muscle soreness, accelerate recovery, and alleviate inflammation with a dry cryotherapy session at Carbon World Health. The treatment is two to three minutes, very tolerable, and monitored by a trained Carbon World Health technician. The benefits far exceed hours of a teeth-chattering ice bath. Supercharge your healing process with cryotherapy from Carbon World. Visit CarbonWorldHealth.com. The golf clubs, the bikes, the patio furniture. Clean that stuff out of the garage or off the patio or deck. Have it stored for the winter at Units Moving and Portable Storage. Units of Madison will deliver a storage container to your property. You pack it up on your time, then they pick it up and store it in their indoor climate-controlled facility. Right now, get $100 off when you order your portable storage container from Units of Madison. They deliver, you pack it, they store it. Search unitsofmadison.com. Their mantra, if you ain't living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. Over the line, mornings from 6 to 10 and on demand at madcitysportszone.com and wherever you get your podcasts. The Zone. I do solemnly swear a employee. that I will support and defend. I am a customs and border protection officer. My job is to keep my country Against safe. Against all enemies. We work to make the national banking system safe and sound. I am proud to work for America. Go to theyworkforus.org. Do you have questions about Medicare? Let us help. Aetna has Medicare Advantage plans that include prescription drug coverage with a $0 monthly plan premium. Aetna plans also include essential programs like transportation, a healthy rewards program, fitness benefit, and more. Call Aetna today at 1-833-771-7542 to learn more. There's no obligation to enroll. One of our licensed agents will answer your call. Call today, 1-833-771-7542. Aetna Medicare is an HMO PPO plan with Medicare contract. Our DSNPs also have contracts with state Medicaid programs. Enrollment in our plans depends on contract renewal. Plan features and availability may vary by service area. Oh, 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 Get ultimate durability and extreme weather performance with Rain-X Advantage Wiper Blades at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase a pair of Rain-X Advantage Wiper Blades and save $10, plus get two times O-Rewards points. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades for free. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bill Belichick and the Pats lost 34-zip at home to the Saints. And it's not just 34-zip at home to the Saints. It's the week after the biggest loss of his career. I'm not going to say Belichick has lost the Patriots, but I will say this is exactly what it looks like when a coach loses a team. When asked what he's going to do about it, he mumbled something about, quote, starting over. You could try to start over with these dudes, but these dudes clearly are not good enough, and you're the one who picked them. 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. Wisco Sports Show, Bill Michaels Huddle coming up in about 40 minutes. Huddle's going to rock tonight. Uh, Bill is live in lacrosse at Flipside Pub and Grill, a place that is a friend of Bill's show. It's a friend of this show. Flipside was uh, very generous in helping us get to spring training last March. I love Flipside. North side of lacrosse, it's food and fun without the franchise. Kidding me? I love Flipside, and it's the place to be during game days. They're always wanting specials, doing giveaways during Packer games on Sundays. Uh, but tonight, no Packer game, but the big unit is there. Scott Emmerich from WXOW going to join Bill in the second hour of the show. Going to make some picks with us as well. So if you're in lacrosse, get over to Flipside. Stop after work, have a beer. Uh, and uh, it's kind of a nice reward for meeting the halfway point of the week, don't you think? Stop by, get some food, say hey to Bill. 
listen to some good Packers talk. Mike Clemens is going to join the show as well. I wouldn't be shocked if Mike Clemens was in lacrosse. Like, I, I would not be shocked at all. Mike would, would, would walk into the restaurant and be like, Mike, what are you doing here? You live three hours from me. He said, well, I was just up by uh, Champions, up towards Galesville. And, and you know, Gilbert Brown, he, he owns a stake in that place. And I, I, I stopped by because I knew the huddle was going to be in town. So I left at 6 o'clock this morning, and I, I made my way up there, and I talked to Gilbert Brown, and I, I got some really good audio about the Packers' defense. I'm like, oh, of course. Of course you did, Mike. Of course you, of, of course you did that without telling anyone. So the Bill Michaels huddle coming up in eh, just over half hour. Looking forward to that always. We're just talking about quarterbacks right now in the NFL and the role of an offensive coordinator. Or, you know, if the head coach is the de facto offensive coordinator in the case of the Packers, or I guess in the case of the Broncos as well, Sean Payton is the offensive-minded head coach that, that kind of uh, drives the offense, obviously, in Denver. And there are other examples of this. The Vikings, Kevin O'Connell, or Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, they are the de facto offensive coordinator, right? I, I think Matt LaFleur, at times this year, has done a very good job with Jordan Love. I think there have been some hiccups, mostly the Vegas game. I don't hold the Detroit game against the Packers too much. The Detroit is that that team. They're good. They're re- Detroit is really good. Um, and, and the way that they were able to scratch a little bit of offense out in the second half and like that that game, yeah, it went sideways. But Detroit's really good. Vegas is a different thing. I, I thought Vegas was not a good performance at all from Matt LaFleur or his staff. Jordan Love has been good this year in neutral passing situations. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, His completion percentage is just shy of 65% if you take out second and long and third and long. And yes, those are the downs and distances that are moneymaker downs. If you're going to be a quarterback in this league for a long time and get paid a lot of money, you need to excel in second and third and long, and you need to be able to uh, succeed in the passing game even when the defense knows that it's coming. Right, Patrick Mahomes, we've seen him do that in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. How many times is it third and 17 and you're watching Patrick Mahomes and you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to get this. So while Jordan Love develops and hopefully he becomes a competent passer one day in expected passing situations, he's got to get better uh, and Matt LaFleur's got to get better at putting Jordan Love in advantageous positions. He, he realized his comment today, and this is probably audio that we'll hear during the huddle tonight, uh, but this is from our friend Ryan Wood. PackersNews.com, he said, Malafleur on what he discovered with the Packers offense over the bye. Quote, just a lot of inconsistent play. There's one thing as a play caller, you're disappointed with yourself in terms of putting certain guys in situations. It's just been very choppy. Yeah. Stop pounding A.J. Dillon into the line on first and second down and giving Jordan Love a third and eight. Let Jordan Love pass on early downs. Let him pass on neutral downs. Adam Stenovich talked about this yesterday. I hate to keep going back to the soundbite. Actually, I don't because it it perfectly speaks to what we're talking about. Uh, the audio has been a little glitchy tonight, so I hope this doesn't cut out. But this is Adam Stenovich when asked about Jordan Love's completion percentage. Well, there's a few things that go into that, but the biggest thing is, yes, we just got to help him with kind of what we're doing, making sure that we're staying efficient as an offense uh, to allow him to get a better completion percentage. Because, you know, anytime you're in these second and long situations and things like that, what we've been in, um, it's not a high percentage of completions. Third and longs, we've had... Way too many third and longs. Um, and again, you're not going to have a very high completion percentage. So we definitely do need to do a better job first and second down, keeping those manageable situations um, so we can be more efficient as an offense. I think that completion percentage kind of tells the tale of just our offense isn't very efficient right now, for sure. Downs and distances, very important. 
I, I thought sometimes with Aaron Rodgers, the Packers would waste plays on first and second down, right? We'd end up throwing a ball away, looking for a big play instead of just taking four yards on a check down. I, I don't think that's the Packers' issue now. I, I think it's they're slamming A.J. Dillon into the line of scrimmage, second and nine, slamming him into the line of scrimmage, third and eight. Okay, good luck, Jordan Love. Drop back. The other team knows you're passing, right? And those are situations like Jordan Love's got to be able to complete passes on third and eight, but I, I don't want to consistently put him in. In that situation, you know what I mean? 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Grant, this is Faye. Oh, hold on. All right. I'm, I'm here. I'm good. I'm good. You okay I'm there? Here. Yeah. I guess uh, I hadn't spoken in a while, you know, just on a walk by myself and started to talk, and there's a, a giant frog just in my throat. So Dude, I strive for the days where I can go. That's why I love air travel. I love flying by myself because I can go six or seven hours without saying a word to anyone. And, and in this line of work, Vagabond John, it's just hard to come by. I like talking, but, geez, sometimes I wish I didn't have to talk so much. It'll, it'll happen. Grant, a uh, bit of a personal question here for you. Do oh. you have Amazon Prime or access to Prime Video? I do, Yes. Did you watch the Packers-Lions game? Yes. Okay. Okay. I was just trying to get something out there. Because, you know, we had a caller earlier, uh, I think it was was Chad, and, you know, there's been some Rasul Douglas conversation today and talking about playing a scheme that fits the players. So I was just curious if you watched the Lions game and the times that Rasul lined up in man and absolutely got torched and just couldn't stay on his feet didn't know what his coverage was, just all out of sorts when he went in man coverage. I was just curious if you noticed that. He was poor in that game. I thought we were about to have a conversation about when you, well, why'd you have to slow walk me like this? You set me up, you asked me a couple of questions, and then you back me into it. What, what is this? What is this gotcha journalism? This is, this is got you calling. That's what this is. <laughs> this absolutely is. Cause I mean, and, and it's not necessarily you, right? I guess it's more listener and listener and violence. Like guys, to say Joe Barry's not playing to his players' strengths, we've seen Rasul Douglas in man coverage, and we've seen him play incredibly well on zone coverage. And at the same time, you'll have callers asking for less shell or zone and more man-to-man. And I'm, I'm just curious if Packer fans watch the games, right? And I generally hate it when people, do you even watch football? You know, but like, Seriously. Did you even play did you even play torn. football, Vagabond John? Did you even play? Have you ever played the game? I will have you know, Grant, <laughs> that I was a proud midget football player for the Hurley High School. Oh my god. I never did. I never even played flag football on Saturday mornings. I just I never did. I you, you never even I, played the game. I did I do think that like, you know, for someone to say, well, he's not playing to his players' skills. Like, sure, Jair can lock down anybody on an island, right? He, he's shown that. He's also shown that sometimes he gets torched in man. So oh, yeah. anytime you put your more man-to-man, right, uh, I guess you're taking less off the safeties and the idea is you're moving the safeties more off the box. But I don't know. Like, defensive schemes sitting here saying we want more man-to-man and then watching Rasul Douglas get absolutely torched in one of the only games in the last 10 that Joe Barry's allowed more than 20 points. Remember, my uh, just that that I can't believe I was behind on eight out of the last ten times this guy's kept opponents to twenty points or fewer. That's a that's that's something, right? Because it can't all be bad offenses that they played. 
No, no. Uh, I, 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 I think heard. I think this year it's been some, but no, not all. I mean, when they played the Lions, they got absolutely blasted. I think that's the one good to possibly great offense they played. So there is that. And even in that one, to start the game, you know, it wasn't like the Lions were absolutely dominant. The, the offense just really put the defense way, way down. They, they, were, they were pretty stuff. dominant, though. Like, yes, the offense is poor, but it's not like that game was frozen at 10 to nothing until the third quarter. Like, it, what was it, 27 to 3 at half or 24 to 3 at half? Particularly against man. I guess that was my point. Here in the results, I do like the coaching conversations today. I think, you know, overall coaching, like you said, offensive coordinators could never be more important. I think that's true at multiple levels of football. Um, you know, in high school, obviously, player development is still key. But watching the Badgers, you know, I think this this whole conversation that we've had today absolutely applies to what we're seeing in Madison and uh, kind of excited to see the ultimate Jim Leonard revenge game uh, this Saturday. So, so can't wait for that one too. by the way, before I let you go, cause I got to get to Chris Thomason, uh, you get to ask me a, a personal question. So I'll ask you as one, when you referenced all those bad plays against the lines in the first half coming against man, uh, vagabond John, do you and your wife enjoy, uh, traveling around the great lakes? Yes or no? Oh, we love it. Highway two could not be a better highway. Do you, state. do you enjoy door County by chance? I have never stepped foot in. Oh, door County. Oh, I just assume because you love cherry picking so much. Oh, it was so bad. I got to run because oh, I got to get to a guest. We will hash it out over yep. Badger football tomorrow or next week. I feel like we've neglected and Badger basketball right around the corner. Vagabond job. Love it. Got to get inside to my pinball tournament. I'll, uh, I'll report back. We'll talk to you soon, Grant. What do you even do? Thank you for the call. I just feel like you're always talking about playing with your band or playing pinball tournaments i gotta go guest chris thomason uh we'll talk broncos football with him a little eye on the enemy next on the wisco sports show this is the wisco sports show with grant bills on the wisconsin sports zone radio network 96.7 fm 1670 am the zone discover why you're worth so much more Feel the power with a career with Lyuna. Landing a job or an apprenticeship with Lyuna leads to job security for the foreseeable future. A pension to fall back on. Stability and a lifetime of substantial wages. Tradesmen, general laborers, pipe layers, concrete workers, and CDL drivers are all invited to join Lyuna. Log on to LyunaWisconsin.org slash join. LyunaWisconsin.org slash join. Discover why you're worth so much more. That's feeling the power with Lyuna. There are three things guys love to stumble across, like a toppled beer truck on the side of the road with no one around, a bag of money on the side of the road with no one around, and an interstate all-battery center, which is always around, with batteries for cars, trucks, boats, cycles, ATVs, cordless tools, you name it. Coming across your interstate all-battery center is easier than finding that beer or cash on the side of the road. They're at Highway 14 in the Middleton Business Park. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck, thanks to Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agriculture organization for over 100 years. Join now at WFBF.com and Equity Livestock Cooperative, marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community since 1922. Keep up with Pam at MidwestFarmReport.com and on Facebook and Twitter. 
You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. To some, this might sound like a typical family dog. But at Dog Chow, we know that for a veteran suffering from PTSD, this could be the sound of life-saving therapy. Thanks, Betty. That's why we've made it our mission to connect every military hero in need with a canine hero of their own. To learn about the simple ways you can help Dog Chow in our mission, visit dogchow.com slash veterans. Sponsored by Purina. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Get ultimate durability and extreme weather performance with Rain-X Advantage Wiper Blades at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase a pair of Rain-X Advantage Wiper Blades and save $10, plus get two times O-Rewards points. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades for free. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit OReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice an eight-year-old girl who's not excited for summer break because she may not be having lunch again until September? Or a single father of two who works three part-time jobs and still can't put enough food on the table? Or maybe a mother who cleans offices at night hoping to find meeting leftovers to take home to a hungry family. Or a war veteran who's having a hard time landing a job and getting back on his feet. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you listening tonight. Feels like we've been in the wilderness for a couple of weeks with the Packers playing on a Thursday night, then mini-buy until a Monday night, and then a bye week. 
It'll be nice, win or lose on Sunday, to at least have the Packers back on at a normal time. We'll get back to our normal schedule of, of being really mad or being really happy on Monday and Tuesday and then looking forward to the next game. I'm looking forward to that. Packers-Broncos this weekend. Here to talk with us about it, a longtime Vikings writer uh, who I knew because we used to get the Pioneer Press uh, delivered. We had the mailbox outside of our house now he's covering the broncos for the denver gazette that's chris thomas and chris welcome to the show how are you tonight hey doing well thanks for having me yeah we had a a vikings personality on our midday show earlier today and i was just entranced because i you know the broncos are are struggling for lots of different reasons and i'm not sure i really grasped how bad it was until i talked to someone who's close to the situation so uh, let me just open the floor to you here as as our, our guest earlier in the day put You have the richest owner in football or one of the richest ownership groups in football, you know, however you want to frame it. You have a a quarterback that you invested a ton in, a coach that you invested a ton in, and the results, it's not just disappointing. Like, it would be hard for the results to be worse. So tell me what the vibe is like out there and and what you're seeing and hearing on a daily basis covering this team. Well, the vibe now, I'm not going to – it's semi-indifferent from the standpoint that uh, a lot of the fans have turned toward – Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffs. So that's kind of uh, deflected a little bit the criticism the Broncos normally would be getting. But the crazy thing is they've come close in, uh, you know, several games. They're three home games. They lost in week one by one point to the Raiders, week two by two points to the Commanders, blew a 21-3 lead, and then led the Jets in the second half and had a chance to potentially win that but a lot of people from afar see the 70 to 20 loss to Miami which was an utter debacle on defense and then they see last Thursday's game where it was the opposite where the Broncos were inept on offense so they have had a few moments uh even though they're one in five but they never can uh get the defense and the offense kind of going together at the same time have you ever covered a game like that miami game the the final score what was it 70 to 20 you've covered the vikings the Broncos. i mean you've covered sports for a long time have you ever covered a game like that before well the crazy thing was i was in that very stadium for the orange bowl january 1st 2012 when uh West Virginia put up 70 on Clemson. So uh, I guess I'm a semi-veteran of 70-point games. But, uh, you know, hey, it provided some historical opportunities to write about. It was the first time in 57 years that any NFL team has scored 70 points. So I did a couple stories talking to members of the 1966 Washington team and New York Giants where Washington beat the Giants 72 to 41. And then uh, Sonny Jurgensen got back to me a few days later. So I uh, did a story on Sonny Jurgensen. He was the quarterback for Washington in 1966. And he said, heck, uh, the Dolphins should have kicked a field goal. They had a chance in the last second. They could have broken our record and scored 73 in the regular season. But Alas, it's just tied for uh, the second most points in a regular season game. Interesting. And it was your question to Sean Payton. He got a little snippy about it, didn't he? 
He was like, what was the question? That was you, correct, back in that press conference? And that was the very thing you were asking about is the the history of, of a game and of a margin like that. Yeah, because he was talking before about his embarrassing what have you, and I'm like, well, this is like historically embarrassing. <laughs> this is a typical yeah. loss, and uh, he didn't uh, seem to be in much of a mood to discuss that topic. Oh my god. Well, what a loser. I can't I can't imagine why after a game like that. So, you actually laid it out pretty well in that, you know, they had a, a poor offensive game against the Chiefs, who have a superb defense and I don't know if if casual NFL fans really grasp this Chiefs defense is really good and and obviously the Dolphins offense is great. Some of the other games have been close. Here's what I don't get, Chris, and help me understand this. The Broncos defense was unbelievable last year. And I know that defenses can regress and progress just on on luck you know injuries and then of course turnover luck and opposition but why has the defense gotten this bad this year I get regressing from say number one to number five maybe you don't get all the turnovers but they just went in the tank since last year how did this happen well backing up I actually asked general manager George Payton before the draft in free agency, they went out and signed nine outside offensive free agents and only one outside defensive free agents. Granted, it was a pretty good one in Zach Allen. And Peyton said at that point, well, we were pretty good on defense last year. We got a lot of talent. We've got a foundation. So they kind of neglected defense a little bit during free agency when they maybe had some chances to patch up a few things. Instead, they went totally offensive route and um, basically they've had some injuries which hampered them on defense they signed Frank Clark and they thought he was going to be an effective pass rusher and he couldn't even win a starting job and ended up being released Randy Gregory they let him go they're turning toward a, a youth movement and a lot of people have been criticizing Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator, and they kind of say, well, what's he ever done? I mean, the the Broncos didn't have a great defense when he was the head coach here in 2017 and 18, and the last four years, it weren't exactly sterling. So put all those things together, and uh, it's been a rough defensive year. Yeah, it's it's very bizarre. We're talking with Chris Thomason, who's at the Denver Gazette. You might remember him from the Pioneer Press covering the Vikings for a long time. Let's bring the Packers into this because a little this is a classic sports radio trope here, Chris. We're doing Eye on the Enemy, of course. Wisconsin Sports Radio. We want to get the Denver side, but I'm sure you guys are thinking and, and considering the Packers when you cover the team this week and, and when you watch practices and listen to what coaches and players are saying. The Broncos have a terrible defense, so Packers fans are, are looking at this like, oh, this is our chance to get right because the Packers' offense has been so poor. But Denver can feel the same way. This is a chance for their defense to get right against Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love and an offense that's been struggling. How do you view two very, very ineffective units over the last couple of weeks matching up on Sunday? How, how do you see that matchup, the Packers' offense and the Broncos' defense? Well, the game is a one-point spread, and it's, uh, that's understandable. Packers favored by one. I mean, it can go either way. The Broncos are 0-3 at home. They're they got to win a home game at some point, and they've been competitive in all three of their home games. So I would think they'll certainly be competitive yet again, and they'll probably welcome an opportunity of going against a quarterback, who uh, Jordan Love, who hasn't exactly been picking apart foes. But, uh, yeah, it's the old something's got to give, you know, uh, 
28th-ranked offense against the 32nd-ranked defense. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Uh, before I let you go, just because, you know, the Broncos are probably going to continue to be a story. I relish the opportunity to talk to someone who covers the team. Let's say this season continues the way that it's trending for the Broncos. What's the button that they can push, right? Do they have a move with Russell Wilson? What, is, what does Sean Payton do? What does ownership do? Because if this season continues this way, something changes at some point. So help us understand maybe what we could expect from a big brand and an organization that had high expectations just a year ago, and they're really struggling. What do you think comes next in the next month or two for Denver if it continues this way? Well, unless they have a stunning turnaround in the next two weeks and beat the Packers, and then they face the Chiefs again, I imagine they'll be sellers at the trade deadline. You know, what wide receivers have been speculated, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy potentially on the trading block. Um, Justin Simmons has been here since 2016. Who knows? They might, and he's never been to the playoffs. Who knows? They might want to do the safety right by moving him on to a contender. Sure. Samaji P. Ryan came here as a backup running back, but he's since dropped to number three in the pecking order behind Javante Williams and rookie Jaleel McLaughlin. So, he, you know, if somebody needs help at running back, he might be a guy they move on to. I mean, they've already started a youth movement. I mentioned Randy Gregory and Frank Clark being gone. They've been replaced by young outside linebackers, Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito. So I imagine if the season continues to spiral downward, you'll see more young players participating. I mean, nothing's going to happen with Russell Wilson this year. I mean, with that contract, he's completely untradeable. And the debate will have to be whether they want to bring him back next year. If they let him go after this season, it would be a colossal cap hit. But it's not like Sean Payton brought him in. So uh, yeah. he, he wouldn't have that situation. Uh, lastly, I got you mentioned Jerry Judy. And I, I was going to let you go, but I, I got to ask you one more thing. Because Jerry Judy has been linked to the Packers more than once in you know, potential, you know, articles that are written, here's 10 trades and here's the Packers. They should, they should trade for Judy. And, and he's been thought about as a trade candidate. What's his deal, Chris? What he, he seemed like he has all the, the talent in the world. Personality is a little interesting. He's dealt with injuries. Tell me briefly the story of Jerry Judy and, and what you might see coming for him in the next year or two. If he gets traded or if he sticks around, what's his deal? Well, he finished last season very strong and they picked up his fifth year option for roughly $12 million for 2024. So he's got a guaranteed contract for that season. And, uh, yeah, he hasn't done much this season. I think he's got like 20 catches for 222 yards, no touchdowns. But he's got a lot of potential. The Broncos like his ceiling, so they're not going to give him away. I mean, if somebody gives them an offer, they can't refuse, you know, a a decent uh, draft pick, they might jump on it, but they're not going to just give him away because he's still a young player finding his way. Interesting. Well, enjoy the game this weekend, Chris. I appreciate your time. And I guess at the very least, if the Broncos lose this weekend, then the nuggets are firing up in the next two weeks. So you guys have something else to focus on to, I don't know, to make the frustration with the Broncos just a little bit better. So there's your silver lining. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks <laughs> for having me on. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I appreciate you. Chris Thomason, Denver Gazette. Used to be at the Pioneer Press. I remember we had the Pioneer Press box 
in the bottom of our, our, our little mailbox tree with our neighbors. Chris has been covering games for a long time. I appreciate him. Got a kick out of that. Let's take a, our last break. We'll come back and start to wrap up the show before we turn things over to the big unit. Mike Clemens, Scott Emmerich, all coming up next over the next few hours on the Bill Michaels Huddle. But the Wisco Sports Show, we'll wrap that up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Madison's number one sports talk station, 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. The future of joint pain relief is here. It's QC Kinetics, advanced regenerative medicine. This is amazing stuff. If you've been told more steroids or surgery are your only options, don't be so fast. Get a second opinion and learn more about how you can harness your body's own healing agents to attack that joint pain. I'm talking fast relief. QC Kinetics doesn't mask the pain. These treatments go to the very root of the problem, using concentrated healing properties placed directly in your joint to restore and repair that damaged tissue. Imagine living your life this fall with no more pain in your knees, your hips, your shoulders, your back, with no drugs, no downtime, and no surgery. Listen, life is about motion, and QC Kinetics is giving people their lives back with these all-natural treatments. Call the local medical professionals and get a free consultation today. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. 608-319-1750. 608-319-1750. Again, that phone number for QC Kinetics, 608-319-1750. There's a whole lot of savings going on now at Staples. During Staples Sitathon, save up to $150 on select office and desk chairs. And when you buy a chair, you save 25% on desks, storage solutions, and office accessories. In-store only offer ends 1028. Now is the time to save at Staples. The winner's take with hosts Nelson Rowdy Raceback and professional sports handicapper Dave Esler. The winner's take is your podcast for everything gambling. The Zone. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Get ultimate durability and extreme weather performance with Rain-X Advantage Wiper Blades at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase a pair of Rain-X Advantage Wiper Blades and save $10, plus get two times O-Rewards points. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades for free. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit OReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Yo, J Balvin here. Verizon just hooked me up with a new iPhone 15 Pro with titanium. How can you get one? By switching to my plan at your Verizon store, get the amazing new iPhone 15 Pro on them. When you trade it, any iPhone, any model, any condition guaranteed. And listen to my new song, Dientes, on your way to get the new iPhone 15 Pro. Don't miss out. Switch to my plan from Verizon today. It's your Verizon. 999 128-gigabyte only device payment purchase or full retail purchase with new smartphone line on unlimited ultimate plan required. Less $1,000 trade-in or promo credit applied over 36 months. Promo credit ends of eligibility requirements are no longer met. 0% APR. The winners take with hosts Nelson Rowdy Raceback and professional sports handicapper Dave Esler. Each week, the winners take will go over NFL, college football, and Major League Baseball games. They'll break down specific games, give their picks, as well as give tips and tricks on how to beat the books. The winners take is your podcast for everything gambling. The Zone. Wisco Sports Show, just wrapping things up. Last couple of minutes, we appreciate Chris Thomason, his time joining us from Denver 
Uh, I didn't know that he was on the Denver beat because he was with the Vikings forever. He was with the Pioneer Press. And I, I realized that he was no longer on the Vikings beat and on the Broncos beat when I was watching the Sean Payton press conference after the Dolphins loss, when, of course, they gave up 70. And Sean Payton gave this long answer. I have it saved somewhere. I could waste the next three minutes of your time in the last three minutes of the show trying to find it. Um whatever i'm going to search my audio folder here but there he gave this long answer about how it's embarrassing you know it's bad he can't happen we can't give up that many points and then chris thomason jumps in and is like well this is uh this has never happened since this date and and what do you think about history and, and sean payton was like what's the question uh and i got a i got a kick out of it uh, i can't i can't find it i don't know where i would have saved the audio it's not a big deal but i watched that clip of Sean Payton getting pesty with a reporter. And then I read the the reply tweets, and it was Chris Thomas. And I was like, wait, when did he end up out there? So I appreciate his time. Appreciate him coming on. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. Always look forward to chatting with Eric, who knows a good deal about Chris and his work growing up in the Twin Cities and, and growing up a Vikings fan uh, up in this part of the country. He's now at Sumer Sports, so we'll talk Packers with him, preview Broncos Packers. We just need a game. We need a game. And I, I referenced this back at the very beginning of the show. I'll reference it again to, to, to kind of tie the show together here at the end. Peter Bukowski, I saw tweeted earlier about the schedule of this season and the way that the wins and losses have happened. And I really agree with this. He tweeted, I think if the Lions game had been week two, the Saints game was week three, and then Falcons Raiders four and five, it would feel different. It would just feel like a normal young team. Whereas starting 2-1 and one when it really felt like they should be 3-0 and oh, changed expectations. I think that's a great take. I think the ways that these losses and wins have stacked up against each other, like the Bears win in week one was awesome. We were on cloud nine. Whereas if week one would have been getting shelled by the Lions, we would have said, okay, uh, they are the big dog in this division. The Packers' reality this year is different. It would have hit us like a, like a splash of cold water in the face first thing waking up in the morning. But, you know, we woke up in the morning, we rolled over, we hit the snooze button, you know, we scrolled Twitter on our phone for a while, laid in bed, rolling back and forth for a half hour before getting up, and then we finally got that splash of cold water in the face, you know, 45 minutes later when they beat the Lions or lost to the Lions, rather, on Thursday Night Football. I, I think the way that the wins and losses have stacked up this year have, have contributed to the way that Packers fans feel about this team, talk about this team. And we're going a little nuts evaluating this team right now through five games, through six weeks. We can't be drawing conclusions about this team. We have a couple good games, a couple bad games, some great stretches, some bad stretches, trending in the wrong direction, no doubt, into this bye. But we've used this bye week, as we often do during the bye week, as a chance to kind of take stock, and to reflect on this team, what they're good at, what they're bad at, draw some conclusions. We can't do that in week five with a team this young. No, 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 no. We, we can't. But because this is when the bye week fell, that's what we're doing. And I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's productive. So I'm just happy win, lose, or draw on Sunday to have another game, to get the season like revved back up, fire the engine back up, keep giving us some of these games. Wins, losses, doesn't matter. Just give us more data. Right, give us give us more to work with. I want to see more plays, more drives, more throws by Jordan Love. I want to see more reps from a lot of these younger players. I, I think that's going to help Packers fans just feel more <laughs> normal, for lack of a better word. Because right now, I think we're going a little stir crazy. 
We, we were given five games of data. The last two games stunk, and they were separated by 11 days. Now we got to wait 14 days, or I guess 13 because Monday night, for this next game. We've been going a little crazy. I need some data. I need it. Give it to me. Give me the game. Let's see what the offense looks like. And this is, as Chris said, the 28th-ranked offense versus the 32nd-ranked defense. This Denver defense is horrid, but they're probably looking at this weekend as an opportunity to face an offense that's really been struggling and maybe, just maybe, get back on track. I still don't understand, and I know that Chris you know, enlightened us a little bit about their offseason strategy building up their defense or, or not building up their defense at all. Their defense was unbelievable last year. And defense can be very fluky. You know, you can have a great defense one year, and then it regresses just a bit the next year because you're not getting the turnover luck. You know, you're facing better quarterbacks. The schedule is different. You have injuries. Defense is fluky. Offense is less fluky. So I get if the Broncos, say, had the number one defense last year and they fall to 10th. Okay, that's natural regression. Whatever this is, this is not natural regression. This is a group of very talented players that were elite last year, and they suck. They are hopeless. Now, of course, I say that on my knock on wood as I say that because the Packers offense has been pretty hopeless as well. Bill Michaels, Huddle, Scott Emmerich, News 19, XOW, and Lacrosse. Mike Clemens going to be on. Should be an awesome next two hours, so stick around. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. We've got Wisconsin sports covered. W244DR Fitchburg. WOZN Madison. The Zone.